Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Country. I'm Troy, joined as always by Chris. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing all right, brother. It's been uh, it's been good. Obviously, took a little week off there, a little sabbatical for us, but uh, it's, it's nice to be back in the studio. And uh, obviously, it's starting to get nicer weather out, so enjoying that as well. But I saw you guys got some snow. Was that uh, sticking around, or what's going on there in Illinois? No, it's all like cleared out. It just like two days i think last week we woke up with a couple inches of snow but then it was like melted by the end of the day i don't know weird illinois weather yeah it's just uh i don't think you i think northeast got uh hit with some snow too on top of everything else that's going on so weird times we're living in mother nature's <laughs> not being too kind but uh no. maybe, maybe perhaps we had it coming but who, who knows i'm not one to judge yeah for sure uh, why don't you tell us about uh, some new music that came out? Dude, so we had some great new music. Uh, before I jump in there, I did want to take a, a quick step back. Um, I know last week, obviously, we didn't have an episode going, but we did have a sad passing in the music world. Uh, John Prine, a great legend of the space, obviously has been just huge relative to all the country artists and singers out there. I think if if you follow along, either on Instagram or Twitter or whatever social media platform you're on, you probably saw all of the um, recognitions and kind of tributes to John. It's passing and uh, obviously it was related to, to Corona. So obviously it's just one of those things that kind of hits home with everything right now that's going on again with all the others that is kind of going on in this world. So I was sad to see him go. I thought one of the coolest tributes to it was Eric Church's when he sang Long Monday. I mean, obviously we love Eric, but seeing those songs and just hearing the emotions that drive within their voices is just insane. So obviously sad seeing him going and just the influence that he had on the uh, music industry over time, obviously we'll continue to see it from uh, music to come. Some other new music for this week though, on on a lighter note, we had some new songs with Kit Moore. So Southpaw dropped, obviously is that album coming out later this year super excited for that album overall i thought southpaw was probably one of the best songs that i've heard of his in a long time i really like that jam uh, i know troy and i were talking about it with uh, some of our friends and it's so good i mean it's classic kit but it's got like a new feel to kip too so it's really cool to listen to that song really pumped for that album brett eldridge <laughs> i actually want to hear troy's thoughts on this one because he dropped three songs in his upcoming album uh, Sunday Drive, which is going to be released later this year. I think he said sometime in July. But Troy, let's let's get your opinions. I know you're a big Brett Eldridge fan. I know I am too, but an Illinois boy as well. But what's your thoughts on his songs? Yeah, I love Gabrielle, the main song that he was really pushing. Yeah, that'll probably be on the radio. I don't know. So that that was a great song. The other two were good songs. They were just slow, which I get it, but. I don't know. I just want someone to drop like a summer song right now. I need a song for the summer. True. And it's, it's kind of one of those in like where the heart is, is I think one of the other new songs that Brett dropped. It's such a great, his voice is unreal, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we're just still on the cusp of like, what is actually that jam that we're going to be tuning into cracking beers, bush lights, 
at one after another. But overall, I mean, Brett is just so good. And uh, like you said, he's been pushing Gabrielle. And I think it's just he hasn't come out with music. And I think it's been two years or so. Two years. So that's just insane to listen to his voice again. I mean, I just he got me into Christmas music all over again. I wasn't really a big Christmas music fan. And when he dropped Glow, I was like, man, this is actually I'll start listening to Christmas music again or holiday music for, for those out there. But uh, it's awesome. Obviously, Brett Eldridge just has an unreal voice. Uh, another one, I mean, we, the list goes on. I mean, this this week's new music is just going to be uh, stellar because we had Brad Paisley, No Iron Beer, which I think is glimpsing into that summer jam. I think it's more of what like, we're probably saying right now is like that quarantine jam type of thing where it's like, yeah, it's like makes you just want to drink with your team and your friends and family and kind of get on the happy hours and stuff like that. He was actually doing a uh, like Insta live zoom sessions or something like that, where he like, he would jump around to it. So I think that'll be cool to see perhaps like maybe how like a music video comes out of that with people that are like listening to it with him and like singing the chorus. I think that'd be pretty cool and very symmetrical to like what's going on right now. So That'll resonate probably in the months to come, but I literally like that song. Morgan Wallen, more than my hometown. Every week I have one of these songs that makes me just think back to the good old days of just Batavia or even just even back in Iowa City with all the friends and uh, folks out there. I mean, that was just uh, more than my hometown. I mean, it's just great song with Morgan. I mean, the dude's unreal. Um, I think he's also releasing, they're working on an album right now too, so really looking forward to that. Kenny Chesney released two more of his songs, one this week, this past Friday, and then one the Friday before. This one is called A Guy's Named Captain. You know, I'm a huge Kenny fan. Cannot wait for this album to drop in about a month, I think, we're looking at now, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's sometime in May. But really looking forward to, to the rest of that album. Kenny just uh, is unreal. Uh, I, I love Kenny and the sound that he produces in those songs is just great. Uh, one collaboration that I wanted to, to touch on was Cold Beer Calling My Name with our, our boys Jameson Rogers and Luke Combs. Unfortunately, if you haven't seen the news, or um, the um, Songwriters Fest down in Key West that Troy and I have been pumping up for the last all episodes, I'll say, it is being postponed. And we found out that Luke Combs won't be able to be in attendance uh, anymore, at least uh, that we're seeing right now. So hopefully that it still goes on sometime this year, but obviously hearing cold beer calling my name, I feel like you get done with work at like five, six o'clock, whatever it may be. And you just hear those bush lights popping in the, in the fridge, ready, ready for grabbing and drinking. So that's to what we were talking about before. That's a drinking song right there. So it's a good one. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, I, I want to like kind of give shout outs to everybody. I know Adam Doliak just, released his EP. So he, one of the songs that we had on this week was I chose lonely or I choose lonely G's. And he was going to be on some of the tour dates with Ryan and Ryan Hurd. That is on the platonic tour. Obviously that had to be cut short. Adams. I think he's got that song called famous, uh, which is also great. I think that really put him on the map and now everything's just falling into place. Uh, Lady A came out with champagne night, which Shane McAnally does this thing on Songland where they like produce like all these different type of song rights from aspiring songwriters and artists and, and summer, or excuse me, Lady A 
ended up uh, covering one on Champagne Night, which I thought was a pretty cool song with them. And I think Lady A is always just one of those interesting bands when you just listen to them. Troy's Boy, Jed Wyatt. Why don't you talk about that one, Troy? 45. And I mean, yeah, I like that song. It's a good little summer breezy song. Yeah. So he, he was uh, obviously for those out there more inclined than I, uh, he, Jed was on The Bachelor. Uh, I think he won The Bachelor, right? Or won it. I don't know. Quotation mark. I don't know. Whatever. Long story short, his music is popping right now. So it's go listen to it. 45 and it's a good news jam by him. Our guy Ryan Beaver co-wrote on a song with Randy Rogers and Wade Bowen called Rhinestone. Really cool jam. I think you probably saw it if you follow any of those guys that we've already had on like Brinley and uh, Joey and them, they were all hyping it up and really good song. It's very old school feel Western. Uh, so it's, it's definitely up my alley. I love Randy Rogers and good to hear from them again. Two more I wanted to just cover and then we'll, we'll jump into the interview as I know this one's going on a little bit longer, but Cowboy Cool from William Michael Morgan, my guy. I love William Michael Morgan. I think he's got that like George Strait, like old school sound. I think he's great. Uh, that's also just like a really cool uh, jam that he plays uh, right now. And I'm sure he's just, I think this is the third or fourth time we've had him on the new tunes playlist. So he's obviously producing a lot of new songs right now. Uh, and then last but not least, um, I wanted to just give a shout out to Teddy Rob on good love and good whiskey. Doesn't get much better than that. It's in the title. I think everyone needs a little loving right now and nice little glass of whiskey to keep you warm at night. So that's uh, great, great new tunes and go check out the new tunes playlist uh, if you haven't already. And we constantly update that uh, every Friday with all the new jams. And if you uh, are listening right now on Monday, our, our guy Ryan Hurd also is dropping a new song called Every Other Memory. And I cannot wait. Yeah. And then another song that I wanted to like briefly touch on was the Cadillac three. They did a cover of Circles, which is Post Malone's song. And I thought that came out fantastic. Uh, so kudos to those guys for putting that together. Oh, yeah, dude. They put a uh, uh, thing on Instagram where they're all doing it like on a live thing where they were playing the instruments. I thought that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love TC3 and Circles was a good cover for them. For sure. And then this week uh, we sat down with a guy named Taylor Davis. He's a songwriter. Also uh, pursuing the artist side as well. Just an awesome guy. He's got a great voice. I've seen him a couple times around town at Whiskey Jam and whatnot. And excited for the big things that are coming in his future. 2020 seems to be like a, a good year and a big year for him. So let's not wait on that. Let's send it over to the interview right now. All right. We now welcome on a special guest. He's a songwriter and singer in Nashville. It's Taylor Davis. How you doing, man? What's up, guys? How are you? Doing good. How hey. about you, Chris? Hey, we're doing well, man. This is the new norm. Getting used to it all, but uh, we're having fun. <laughs> yeah, Zoom seems to be the new way of life now, man. It's, uh, it's strange times we're in. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is. Virtual happy hours, online concerts, you name <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So let's start out with what you have on most recently. So one of your buddies came out with one of your songs you actually co-wrote, Kill the Bottle. Can you talk a little bit more about that and about that song? Yeah, Connor, uh, good pal here in Nashville. Um, 
me and him and JT Williams, we actually, Tom put out the past, uh, his past two singles were songs that we co-wrote with JP and JP had uh, Jimmy Allen's first number one amazing song. So we co-wrote uh, Kill the Bottle and then also uh, She's Hell, which is uh, another song Tom put out recently. And he's got some playlist love on it on uh, Spotify and Amazon and, and Apple Music and uh you know, Tom does the Red Dirt thing, like, really well. He's totally a Texas, you know, kind of country guy, and he's opened a bunch of shows for Co Wetzel and Randy Rogers, who's a pal, and and uh, Parker McCollum. And, and uh, you know, he's been beating it down there for a while. He lives here in Nashville, but plays a lot down there. And we just became buds from drinking in Midtown, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we, we, we do it similar. We both have beards. We're both, you know, bigger dudes. So we get confused a lot. I, I got tagged in a picture the other day that was actually Tom and, it, I, and whoever tagged me thought it was me, which is hilarious. Uh, so we joke about that, like that we're somewhat, I don't know, twins of some sort, but uh, yeah. we really write all together and it's been awesome. They get to get in the room with him and, and see him grow and, and put out some new tunes. Kill the Bottle is an amazing song. Yeah. Super, super heavy and dark, but uh Definitely, you know, something that's real and, and uh, Tom ripped the shit out of it and sang the shit out of it and we're pumped to have it out. Yeah, definitely. And when you're kind of going with uh, the writing style and like working with Tom and, and JP, how do you approach perhaps like writing in like a more group setting? Because I'm sure you've like written a lot on like your own too. So do you approach it differently, especially knowing that like Tom's going to be the one singing that song? Yeah, so... Uh, when I first started writing songs back, you know, more high school times, it was, I just wrote by myself. There was nobody to like cope with. <laughs> I mean, there just wasn't a thing you did. I, I wrote all my songs myself and I was like, yeah, that's just what you do. But when I got to Nashville, everybody's like, yeah, we need to write. Like, and I was like, what do you mean? They're like, no, no, no. Like two or three, four guys get in a room or guys or gals, whatever. And you co-write. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. You know, but it's something that's, obviously new or was new to me when I moved to town 12 years ago. And it's like those two days that we wrote those songs, I don't even know if we knew that Tom was going to cut them necessarily. We just wrote them that felt right. And Tom was like, man, I just love these songs. They're totally me. I relate to them. I feel them. That was like kind of a thing where we didn't necessarily write them for Tom but they ended up being for him and, and he, he did really great with them. I, I love both of those songs. Uh, She's Hell's a little more upbeat, a little more mid-tempo. And, and uh, Kill the Bottle's definitely like a downer, but they fit his sound, they fit his style, and uh, he went to the studio and made some magic happen, man. And that's the thing. That's what's so crazy about writing is you go from, you know, maybe writing on just a guitar or a piano and something so simple and then you go to the studio and watch a song come alive. Mm -hmm. And it's, it goes from something that was just an idea to something that was just a guitar. And then all of a sudden you got parts and you got, you know, all these instruments on it and background vocals and production. And it's like, it's incredible to watch a song come to life like that. So that's a, that's a fun part of, of writing for sure. Yeah, definitely. Another big cut that you had was big and rich song, the long way home, which is a great song, by the way. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that and like getting a big and rich song. Cause I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, totally, man. So, uh, you know, Nashville is a, uh, such a weird town and it's like, you really have to put your time in here. You can't expect it to happen overnight. I guess for, for 
very few folks it might, but it's like a lot of people grind it out here for, you know, five, seven, nine, ten years. And it doesn't always happen quick. It's like you gotta wait for it and it's hard and it's it's like, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? And uh so I wrote that song with um <clears throat> Zach Lockwood, buddy of mine, and then Adam Schoenfeld, who's Adam's played guitar in like so many amazing records. He's played on all the Aldean records. He played on all the Big and Rich records. He's a uh, Tim McGraw's touring guitar player. Oh, nice. Adam's the man. And uh, <clears throat> so me and him and Zach got together on a Friday and wrote this song. He was actually going in to work with Big Kenny that weekend to do pre-production for the record. And uh, Adam's like, hey, man, you want to hear a song we just wrote today? And Kenny's like, sure, because they were still looking for like one or two songs the record and, uh, and uh, Adam played um, the tune and the original like title wasn't even what it turned out to be like we he played it for Kenny Kenny loved it he's like hey I kind of want to rewrite things would you guys bring me in as a fourth writer and let's rewrite it and and so Adam texts me and Zach and he's like hey uh you guys want to come to Kenny's on Sunday uh he loves our song he wants to rewrite it and put it on the record and I'm like no way like that's <laughs> crazy like you know i mean after being in town uh for seven years and then it's like yep i'm going to big kenny's house to go fix this song and they're gonna cut it my god (laughs) he's got this like mansion over in green hills he's got an amazing studio back there and so we go and we write and kenny's like the best he's become like a brother definitely a super sweet guy and just uh preaches a lot of good you know and so we go and we write the tune, finish it Sunday, and they cut it Monday, and I got to go listen to the band cut it in the studio. It was unbelievable. Oh, that's awesome. Then, uh, we had a listening party a couple months later to go listen to the record, and uh, all the writers, Kenny invited all the writers over to come hang out in the studio, drink some beers, and, and listen to all of our songs. And it was like such a surreal moment, because it's like you... I don't know. Growing up as a kid, like I grew up in Wisconsin, you know, so... Mm-hmm started playing shows and I was 15 and I started writing and I moved here at 18 and I was a pup. I had no clue. It was so green. I still don't have a clue, man. He never figured. <laughs> but you know, when you're a 15 year old kid playing in coffee shops or bars or wherever I started, you know, it was like, man, maybe one day I'll get to write with some of my heroes or some of you know, the people I look up to. And then you find yourself in that moment and you're like, it's, it's, it's badass, man. It's cool. I'll never take any of that for granted. You know, getting in, in rooms with people that you dreamed of writing with or being in rooms with is something that never gets old, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very surreal feeling and being able to, like, not only collaborate with, like, your other songwriters, but collaborating with them in person is awesome, too. And then seeing it live cut, like, that's just got to be, like, a full, like, wow, comes, this is yeah, actually happening. It's, cool. it's totally wild. And, and, uh, it's one of those moments, like, I remember after, like, I was in the studio and they cut it, I called my parents and I was like, thank you for all the support and believing in me. It was just, a, it was a really big moment, you know, like, that's my, it was my first major cut from a major mm-hmm. artist, major label, you know, and so I got to get on that record, that was 2017, that was awesome. You know, I've gotten to work with so many people along the way that poured into me and taken me under their wing, and Christian Bush from Sugarland is a mm-hmm. good buddy. Christian's amazing. We've written probably like 30 songs. He just is like one of those guys that's like always been patient, always been like, you know, helping you grow and supporting you. And I got to go down to Atlanta to go to Christian's studio and we wrote mm-hmm. seven songs in a day and a half. And then we tracked all of them 
and oh, uh, dang. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a clinic, man. It's like a clinic. That guy is, uh, he's like the most musically sound ever met. He can play everything and he never stops like, his brain never stops moving. He's so incredible. But getting to work with Big Kenny and guys like Will Hogue, who's an incredible yep. artist, and uh, Will and I have gotten to become friends, which is like so cool for me. I remember actually the first time Will and I wrote, I pulled up a picture that I had of us at Summerfest in 2007. I was like 17, <laughs> like drinking beer at Summerfest. I don't know how. But I was, I got a picture with Will after the show and I always went to see him when he came to Milwaukee or anywhere near Milwaukee because I loved Will. Yeah. And uh, I showed him that picture when we wrote and he's like, wow, man, I was young, man. <laughs> but, uh, he's become a friend and, and, you know, it's been cool to write with him. And, and honestly, when you get in rooms with guys like that, you just, sometimes you got to shut up and like learn, you know, you have to yeah. let them like, let them take you to church a little bit. And it's, it's, uh, it's a cool thing, man. I've been humbled a lot of times in this town. To me, getting humbled is a good thing because it's like Nashville is a way of evening you out. It always does. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's those towns, you know? For sure. Yeah. yeah it really comes full circle when you kind of sit in that room and you kind of just sort of like, all right, I thought I knew everything and it's just like, not, not at all. There's, it's always a learning experience. I think we, we've talked about that a lot with a lot of the other songwriters on here. And there's like, you, as soon as you think you're good, you're, you need to get better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Never stop writing. So like Josh Thompson, he's from Wisconsin, obviously. And uh, we grew up like two towns over from each other. And, and I, I've known Josh for years. And I remember when I was like, I just moved here we were both back home in Wisconsin for Christmas. We were at my Uncle Joe's bar called Sloppy Joe's. It's this little bar in Hebert, Wisconsin. And uh, I got to go sing with Josh. I was actually like playing my Christmas show and he came and got on stage and we sang a couple tunes together. And uh, I was like, dude, like, what do I need to know about Nashville? Like, and he's like, if you think you're right enough, you're not right enough. <laughs> right way more. And when you think you're writing enough, then you need to write even more. And like, he, <laughs> And he's like, you need to crank out hundreds and hundreds of songs until you can get to where you feel like you're, you're doing it at a high level, you know? And it really mm-hmm. takes time here, you know? If I can give any advice to anybody, and, and what do I know? I've only had a couple cuts, but it's like, you got to put your time in, man, and eventually uh, it'll happen. Definitely. And what, what town are you from in Wisconsin? So I grew up in a town called Menominee Falls, which is uh, right outside Milwaukee. It's like, I don't know, 30,000 people maybe. Good sized town, beautiful, beautiful town. My dad was mayor there, so like, I kind of can't wait to get out. And, <laughs> you know, because like when your dad's the mayor, you're the mayor's kid. You're not. You're not, <laughs> you're not your own person type thing. Your, yeah, which is cool. I love my dad. My dad's the shit. But uh, you know, I turned eighteen in March, and I moved down to Nashville in July, and then it was like never turned back. You know, I, I knew I had to be here and. Uh, I've I've almost moved home, I don't know, too many times to count, you know, and it's like uh big speaking of Big Kenny wrote that song, you know, um down to my last dollar and, and Tim McGraw cut it, you know, and it's like I've been down to my last dollar a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how are you gonna you know, how do you make it? How do you survive? How do you whatever? And it's like you surround yourself with good friends and good support and I'll figure out a way to make it happen, you know, and, and I always mm-hmm. figure out a way to 
here and uh, I've been incredibly blessed to be in town as long as I have and do this. And it's, uh, it's awesome, man. It's really, it's, it's such a blessing. And that's, that's one thing Nashville doesn't fall short on is the good connections and good people that you can meet across it. And I mean, you've already mentioned a lot of your buddies that you've been able to write with and sing along with, but I mean, I'm sure there's even more down the line too that just going to keep unfolding. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I was, I, I got to go to Belmont uh, for a year and I made a lot of friends and a lot of connections at Belmont um, mm-hmm. and like lifelong buds, you know, guys I'm still writing with and still playing with and, and it's like, it was cool to have that, but yeah, you gotta, you know, the thing in Nashville is you gotta build your, you gotta build your circle. You gotta build your crew. You gotta have your people that you, you know, that you hang with, that you write with and, and surround yourself. Always surround yourself with people that are more talented than you. Cause they're only going to bring you up, you know, and that's Absolutely. a big part of it for sure. Yeah. Do you, when you're kind of like, cause I know you also with like the big songwriting places there, obviously there's like, listening room there's bluebird cafe there's whiskey jam and whatnot and i saw that you played at a lot of those different places so when you kind of get into those different settings i think if i saw it correctly didn't you used to have a band or still have a band that you used to play with yeah so um i played bluebird i played listening room i played whiskey jam and uh yeah i still have a band it's kind of a, a revolving door you know it's like <laughs> I've had a lot of guys that have uh, played on and off with me for years, you know, like depending who else they're out with or whatever. Cause I've been more focused on writing than, yeah. than I used to tour like a lot more when I was younger and I played like every bar from here to like Vail to Florida, all over Florida. We used to go play like spring break down in Florida and do that. And we used to play DC a lot and play down in Texas and, and played all over the Midwest, but it's like touring's tough, man. It's really tough. And it's not, you know, the road is not necessarily for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we were touring like, you know, in a minivan with a trailer or like whatever. We weren't touring in a bus. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> like we, were, we were playing huge venues back then. We were playing any bar we could get into and it was fun, you know, when you're young. And then I decided to kind of come off the road and be focused more on, on playing in town and, and writing and focused on that. But yeah, you know, I'm uh, kind of getting the band back together. I've been working with Aaron Astice, who uh, is an amazing producer. He produces uh, our buddy Ryan Hurd. Yeah. Um, produces Austin Jenks, who's an amazing artist and writer. He produces Scotty McCreary stuff. And Aaron's awesome, man. We've, uh, we've been working together for a couple of years, you know, writing. And then, you know, he's produced some stuff for me. And so... I think we're going to put some music out here pretty soon. I think 2020 is going to be the year to do it. And it's been fun to get in the studio with Aaron and work on some stuff and kind of dial in where we want to take the sound and, and figure out what I want to say and, and figure out what we want to put out there. It's, it, it's like you write hundreds and hundreds of songs and you ultimately end up picking four or five for an EP, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you have that many songs and then you only let the world hear five you know it's but <laughs> what it is man it's like it's a lot of uh it's a lot of screwing up and then like you know when you write it in a room like i was saying earlier when you get in the studio it becomes totally different and sometimes like when you write something you're like oh this is going to be great and you get in the studio and it's like man it didn't feel the same it didn't feel right or or you get in the studio and it's like yes like this is coming to life and and songs that surprise you songs that you didn't think had any legs get legs and songs that you thought were for sure it were like man it just doesn't hit the same you know and yeah that's the thing man with a band in the studio and, and putting you know more instruments involved it's like you really find out what's what with a song for sure 
Yeah, definitely. So like you were saying though, you do play around town a, a decent amount. I know I've seen you a couple of times at like whiskey jam and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Whiskey jam is it, man. It's uh, it's always a blast to play whiskey jam. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's always a good time too. And seeing that we are, you know, in weird times where we can't go out, how weird is it for you? Someone who's like used to, you know, playing every other week or whatnot and being out there with like your friends and just performing, like how weird is it just staying home and not doing that? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's a super weird time. I've done like a couple zoom shows for like friends and it's weird to not like be in a bar and like have a beer and sing some songs with, with friends, you know, like whiskey jam is such a staple here. And I've been going to whiskey jam for a long time, you know, like a lot of folks. And, and it's like, it's something you look forward to. It's something that you're always like, all right. Cause it was, it used to be a Monday night thing. It was always Monday night. Cause it's like, everybody was on the road during the weekend. Everybody got back Sunday and Monday there was nothing to do. And then like by Wednesday, everybody's like back on the road, you know? So it was the Monday night hang. It was something to do with Ward and, and Josh Hoke started it. Me and Ward wrote a song that a lot of folks have heard at Whiskey Jam called Fuck It, Let's Go to Lunch. And it's a, it's about, it's like about literally writing for three hours and not getting anything and it sucks. And you're like, dude, screw this. We're just going to go eat somewhere and like call it a day. Ward and I literally wrote for like three or, three or four hours at my old house. And uh, the song, we wrote that song in like 25 minutes because it was so real and so easy to write. <laughs> But Ward has done an amazing thing with Whiskey Jeans, like connecting so many artists to so many fans and, and bringing a lot of people together. And like, that's one thing I miss is just like getting to be out in that and getting to see friends and like give somebody a hug and say, what's up to your boys. And it's like, yeah, we don't have that. Like Zoom hours are cool until like you realize that you're just still like not seeing your friends, man. Yeah. It's it ain't <laughs> they're, gone, they're gone when you close your laptop. Like they're not there to just still exactly. hang out. You know, you're not you're not getting to uh, to clink your bottles together in the bar, which I feel like is not going to be a thing for a long time. Everybody's going to be. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's. I, I hope we get back to that. You know, Nashville needs it. We need live music. We need bars, and we need to like be out. I don't know when that's going to be. It might be months still or a year who knows i hope it's not that long because like people are gonna go crazy man everybody fingers crossed yeah exactly exactly but getting into a a little bit you kind of mentioned this a little bit ago on kind of like the touring and kind of getting back to just more of the songwriting i know that last year you welcomed in a baby girl uh so congratulations or belated congratulations to that thank you yeah so yeah, tell us a little bit more about being a new dad, juggling songwriting on top of it all, and and how that's going with uh, being a new father. Dude, it's the uh, it's absolutely the coolest thing I've ever done by far. Being a dad is awesome. We had Emery in May, and so it was like it was already hot. Like the day we brought her home, I remember like carrying her car seat, and I'm like, dude, this is gonna be brutal summer. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm a big dude, man. Like I was totally built for the winter, you know, like ass <laughs> down here. So it's like you get home from the hospital and you're just like, oh, I'm in charge of this thing and, and this little perfect thing. And I have to keep it alive and feed it and like change it and do all this stuff. And I have a niece and nephew in Florida. So like I've been around babies, you know, but like not every day, all day. So that's like a weird thing. 
But it's the coolest thing ever, man. I love being a dad. It's every day is awesome. Every day is exciting. I mean, luckily we like, we got a good one because she sleeps super good, has her whole life. It's amazing. Like we, I feel like I get more sleep now than I did like, (laughs) which is weird. But uh, I used to drink a lot more too. So I was going to say probably alcohol consumption. Yeah. You know, the three and four o'clock nights, uh, or mornings, I guess. Uh, but now, uh, you know, Emery's amazing, dude. She's the best. I love being a dad. And it's it's like every day is something that's exciting. And she's like just starting to like almost walk. And like she says, like saying dada and like all that stuff. And like you hit all these things that you're just like, oh my God. Like I remember when she was so little, all she would do is sleep like 20 hours a day. Like now she like parties, you know, she's right. <laughs> He's just a blast. I just, today, actually, uh, I hung up a swing for her in the front yard, like one of those little pink swings. And I was out there pushing her in it for like um, almost an hour. And I was like, dude, I could do this all day. It's the best thing ever, man. It's so, <laughs> it really is. It's so cool. And uh, trying to balance being a dad on songwriting is actually works out great because we write in Nashville. We usually write in the mornings, right? So like... Mm-hmm. Emery's up in the morning. I get to hang with her for a little bit. And then I go to Wright's and uh, I'm home by the afternoon. And then I get to hang with her and, and do the thing. I like get to feed her dinner and, and we hang out. And she loves Wheel of Fortune. So we watch Wheel of Fortune every night, which is hilarious. Because she, I swear, like 6.30 every night, as soon as she like hears like the music for it, she like is glued to the TV for 30 minutes straight. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But songwriting is is actually kind of conducive to that because like i'm already up in the morning with her we get i get up i kind of go to work and then i'm usually you know home and i get a lot of hang time with her uh you know in the afternoon that night and jordan my girlfriend is amazing and she does so much she's a rock star mom and she stays home uh we're lucky that she gets to stay home with emory and she rocks it all day and then i come home and be dad all afternoon and night and it's great you know it, it's a great balance it works out really well and yeah. we're being super blessed man I, it's i was uh, super scared to have a kid but it's the best thing ever it's worked out so great and we're so lucky you know so you figure things out but yeah cheers man cheers. Figure it out man it's like you, you have no choice and like it really taking care of your kid is easy man like i don't know if you, do you guys have kids no i just have a <laughs> 50 pound dog and that's about hey. it that's a start. You're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get, you're going to like, you're going to text me and you're going to be like, Hey, this is awesome. I promise you that. Until they, <laughs> then you're going to be mad at me for this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. But do you feel getting into like the, the songwriting aspect, like obviously you've almost had it for about a year now. Do you feel like it's inspired your songwriting in different ways? Like perhaps maybe like how you would write before in terms of just like the melodies and things that you contributed in that. Now maybe you're just incorporating like different things or are you still writing the same way? I would say yes and no. So like one thing having a kid will make you do is it'll make you want to work way harder and like do everything to your abilities. Cause like now you got something to live for. Grind it out a lot more. Yeah, you bust your ass. Like when you have a kid, man, you you do everything it takes and like you have to because you want to be the best you can be for that child, you know? And mm-hmm. and she's inspired me like to be like a better writer, you know, work harder, like be more disciplined in every aspect of life. Definitely. I honestly like in the past year, I haven't really like I've written a couple songs for her, but like it's been weird. I haven't really like sat down and really wrote like 
I think, the song for her, you know? Like, mm-hmm. some writers, like Rodney Clausen, he wrote I Saw God Today. When you listen to that song, dude, you're like, ooh, boy, that's like, they smoked that one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Real stuff right there, you know? And and George Strait, you know, put that out. And it's like, when you, you can, you feel that, that's, you know, the, the beginning of that song is like being in the hospital, seeing your baby born. And it's like, that's, it's something, you know, to, to really write that, to really get to that. I don't know. It comes when it comes, man. You know, I've written, like I said, a couple things, but I don't feel like I've written the song that's like, yes, this is Emery's song. And this is like everything. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You know why? Because like every time I start to write it, I start crying and I can't write it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big softy, man. It's just, mm-hmm. it's uh, having a daughter especially will make you a, even if you weren't a softy, it'll make you a big softy. Yeah, it really will. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't force it. You just got to let it come to you. Yeah, you know, you got to let it come when it may. And the coolest part about this whole quarantine is that I've had an insane amount of time with her, which is so cool because I haven't really been writing as much. And I sit out on the floor with her and like, and just play guitar and she loves it. She sits there and she's like so curious and she wants to like bat at the strings. And, <laughs> you know, like getting to play for her and sing to her is so super cool. I've been working on the... Uh, letter of the day song from sesame street is like her favorite so i figured out the chords and like i figured out i don't sing it as high as elmo does because that's like way <laughs> uh it's it's like if she's ever crying or like ever freaking out as soon as you start singing letter of the day she immediately stops and she's like totally fine and so i've like figured that out so like if she won't go to sleep and i'm like rocking her i start singing letter of the day and she falls right asleep it's amazing it's amazing. That's awesome. Science. <laughs> totally, totally. It's, uh, yeah, Sesame Street is uh, something that you guys might have to deal with at some point in your life. Again. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, a, it's a reverberating circumstances. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You also mentioned, you know, before we hopped on the podcast that you have a new uh, publishing deal that you're working out right now. Yeah. So uh, I'm getting ready to sign a new deal, which is going to be awesome. And Oh, yeah. I signed my first deal with Magic Mustang back in 2015, and they eventually got bought out by BMG. So I was with BMG for a year still, and then uh, I left BMG a couple years ago, not quite two years. And I've just been, you know, focused on writing for myself and kind of building up my catalog. And, uh, you know, like I said, working with Aaron S. Heist, which has been awesome. And, you know, Aaron and I, most of the time, just write the two of us. And, kind of just get to write for me and be focused on that more so than writing for a lot of other people right now, you know, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, a couple cuts with Tom and, and, you know, we got a couple other things in the works with some other artists, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, it'll be exciting to get a new publishing deal rolling and getting a band back together and, and hopefully putting out some music here soon and maybe playing some more shows too. You know, we're 2020, uh, we have a lot of plans for 2020. We just gotta, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they all come out. Cause <laughs> yeah. there's a pandemic going on. We're going to listen to this podcast like years from now and be like, man, remember that thing? That <laughs> <laughs> when we could have been drinking beer all in the same room and we had uh, to do it remotely. Dude, honestly, it's so funny though, because I wonder if people are drinking more because they're just at home or if like they're drinking less because, you know, you're not at bars. I don't know. Probably cheaper to drink at home as much, but it's not the same, man. You're not with your boy. No. You know, it's, it's, it's like once you get to like beer four, it's like no longer fun. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to just call it a night because I don't need to go on. just fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> Sitting at your house, just like, oh man, it's sad. I wish I was out 
bar with the boys right now. It'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, listen to some live tunes. But you mentioned you're from Wisconsin, so obviously we're Chicago boys. So we uh, we have some ties to uh, some rivalries right now. We'll call it. I know that. Uh, are, are you a Brewers fan? So, uh, so I like, I pull for the Brewers. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. So like okay. when I was a kid, I grew up and I loved, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra. He was like my favorite player, you know, like I, he also did the, played on the Cubs for a bit. He did play for the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> the glove thing. It's like when I was in little league, I would do the glove thing. I wanted to be just like him, you know? Yeah. And, like I love the Red Sox, like before they got good, you know, like they sucked in like the early two thousands, well, nineties and two thousands. And then they, won a couple but i love the brewers man i've always been a brewers fan the brewers have like just gotten good the past couple of years which is exciting yeah. and uh love seeing them you know do well uh the bucks are crushing it best team in the nba which is awesome and Giannis, Giannis is unreal he's the man where did that dude come from I was, <laughs> oh, like, and he's got two brothers too like one's on the bucks with him and the other one's in la yeah. like just a stock family I don't know. It's wild. And then obviously a huge Packers fan too. And I know you, I'm sure you guys are diehard bears boys, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so Jordan, my girlfriend, she's from Chicago as well. So we have a lot of sports differences. We'll call them. It's always <laughs> funny, man. It's always funny. Like she's such a diehard, like she loves the Cubs. I'm like above all else Cubs for sure. Which I'm yeah. like, cool. I'm like, you can love the Cubs. Like that's totally fine. I was like, as long as you root for the Badgers, if she doesn't really have a college team, she's mm. like, all right, I'll root for the Badgers. And I'm like, sweet. So we got that. As long as she's rooting for the Badgers, I don't care about the Cubs or the Bulls or the Blackhawks or the Bears or whatever. She can, she can do her thing and I'll root for my teams. And we just, at the end of the yeah. day, is man. <laughs> the, ba- the Badgers, you being a Badgers fan makes us have another another rivalry because we oh, both no. went to Iowa. Yeah, you I was going to say, oh, we no. might have to end this right now, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dude, Iowa, yeah, Hawkeyes. One of my buddies is like a recruiting director. Uh, he married Kirk Ferentz's daughter, actually. Kind of a cool family to uh, Whoa, marry. that's <laughs> awesome. My buddy Barnsey, unbelievable. He used to be at Vandy here in Nashville, and uh, now he's up in Iowa. And, uh, dude, I was, dude, the Wisconsin, I was a good rivalry. I love it. You guys always, yeah. you guys always have like a good enough team and a bunch of guys going to the NFL. That's what it is, man. Yeah. I was about linemen and tight ends, dude. It's all tight <laughs> ends from Iowa. I swear to God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and all our games end in like nine, six. Yeah. Nine, just seven, and like, it's all just like defense, defense, defense. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. Man, we have a lot of rivalries. I can't believe you guys have me on here right now. <laughs> Sometimes we like to just cash it out. We got to see our enemies in the in the true flesh and blood. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, the Badgers have broken my heart so many times. And I'm like, I'm still – I'll be a Badger fan until the day I die. But it's like they lost three Rose Bowls in a row in like yep. mid, <laughs> or two, mid-2010s. Like, yeah. Like they lost like back to back to back years to like TCU, Oregon, and Stanford. And I was like, I was, and, and to top that all off, like right after that, we go to the final four, beat Kentucky. I drive up for the national championship. Oh no. And we lose to Duke. I Duke, was, yeah. I seriously cried and I was so mad. I was supposed to stay in Indianapolis that night and like party. And I was like, I got so mad. I just drove straight back to Nashville. <laughs> I was angry the whole way. It was like, I don't want to talk to anybody, but the Badgers, I'll always be a Badgers fan. They just, they break my heart. I don't, I'm sure you guys know like Big Cat. Oh. 
that's a huge bad yeah. yeah oh yeah it's always like the, the sad meme of him yeah, and the like, yeah after, after, <laughs> he sets himself up for it we i do too every time i'm like dude they have it they're gonna win this and then it's like let down city and then you're just like deep depression for multiple days and then there's always next year you know yeah the hawkeyes <laughs> have a little bit of that too you know dude and, totally Heartbreak Hotel, man. I tell you, the Big Ten is always, always finds a way to uh, to break your freaking heart. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like in basketball, the whole Big Ten got their hearts broken by not having a tournament and everything. So I feel like we were all poised to do pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. The Badgers were actually the uh, regular season champs, which was ridiculous. They were like regular season champs with like eight or nine losses. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no tournament, no March Madness this year. That like that was crushing. No Masters, that was crushing. Uh, no opening day. No, man, this is a weird time in life, guys. But uh, yeah, you know, just gotta keep your beer cold and keep your heads up and keep rocking. Okay. And, and, <laughs> That's all you can do right now. Absolutely, grow out some grow out some thick beards. Yeah, I I, I had a sweet. I had like a Fu Manchu <laughs> I walked out and Jordan was like, Oh my God, what is on your face? Uh, <laughs> I had a Fu Manchu and then I shaved down to like nothing. Cause he was mad for it. I kept it for like a week and a half, obviously, but, uh, uh, throwing <laughs> it back out. I got some pretty thick, thick scruff going. I'm due for a haircut. I really need a haircut right now, but, uh, I'm not going to bring myself to do that in this time. Cause yeah. <laughs> Nobody sees me. I go to like I go to the store once a week these days, so nobody sees me. It's all good for sure. One thing I did want to touch back on, circling back to some music and playing some live shows and whatnot. Like, what are some of your most favorite songs to either cover or uh, like sing? Whether it's like in your book, like as like originals, or like things that you just like to cover by like other artists. I know like you like Lee Bryce and a couple of those, but what are some of the ones you like to play? Um. Dude, who do I love to cover? Um, man, if I'm full band, I love to do like, I love soul music. I love Motown. So Heck like, yeah. we used to do like uh, a lot of Bill Withers. When I was like, you know, playing in cover bands and stuff, we'd, uh, we'd always do like some Bill Withers and some Stevie Wonder and some Al Green and like, any of that feel good, like get down music, you know? But uh, I love 90s country too, like doing some Brooks and Dunn stuff. As far as, uh, shoot, I used to cover Will Hogue songs like since like back in high school. <laughs> I thought I was so cool covering Will Hogue. But man, 90s country is so nostalgic, I guess, because so many of us like grew up with that. So like now it's like, now that we're um, 30 now, and uh, you know, it's like looking back at all those tunes that you, you, when you sing them and whatever, like it puts you back in the place where you first heard them or you like, yeah. you know, the tie, like the melody to the memory is, uh, as Eric Church likes to say, I love covering, speaking of Eric Church, I love covering Bruce Springsteen. I love Springsteen. I love Cougar. Yeah. I love classic rock stuff. Eagles, obviously, like those guys are heroes. But, you know, like it's tough. It's covering stuff is tough too because you, you always want to do a song justice. And like there's just yeah. some, some people you don't touch. Like there's like, there's, I don't even know who, off the top of my head who I'd say, like, I, I would never do, but there's like some artists that are just like, I'm not going to do that one now. Like, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta let that song be what it is, you know? Um, but we do like born to run 
or like, uh, you know, some of the Springsteen stuff, like, um, I'm on fire and, and like those songs, like Bruce Springsteen's the man. He's like totally, yeah. but man, whatever I'm in the mood for, you know, it depends, like depends with where you're playing, what the crowd's like, what you're covering all that, you know, it's, it all really depends. So, uh, but yeah. it's, it's always an honor to get to play uh, any of those songs and, and try to do them some justice. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I remember playing like one time we were playing friends in low places. We were at winners playing a cover gig. And the dude who wrote Friends in Low Places, Earl Bud Lee, was like there and he got on stage and sang Friends in Low Places with us. And I was like so embarrassed that I was playing it and he was there. <laughs> so drunk, it didn't matter. And like we sang it, we sang the chorus like 10 times. He like kept going. <laughs> That's like a true Nashville moment right there. But usually, like if we're doing karaoke, like we used to do, go do karaoke at winners, uh, like me and like, uh, Matt McGinn and Brinley and like all those guys. I know you've had some of those guys on here and, yeah, and yeah. The, we'd always do uh, backstreet boys. I want it that way. Cause that's <laughs> <laughs> the boy bands back. Exactly. Dude. Any backstreet boys are like insane or like any of that stuff. Absolutely. Hilarious. Gets the crowd going. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Hey man, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Appreciate your time. Uh, such a blast to chat with you guys and uh, let's do it again sometime. Eh? Absolutely. Yeah, my definitely, man. man. Well, take care, really Taylor. Appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Keep enjoying it. Good luck during this quarantine. I hope you guys have enough beer and, uh, and stay safe. Absolutely. Thanks. Same to you, my man. All right. That was an awesome interview with Taylor. We really appreciate him coming on and, you know, talking about his career. I thought it was uh, very interesting and, you know, he was very real about, a lot of different aspects of his career and, you know, getting that big and rich cut. I thought he had some great stories for that. You know, you could tell just the excitement in his voice when he was talking about it and like how thankful he was for that opportunity and everything. Oh, hell yeah, man. I mean, he was super humble guy and obviously just so, so down to earth. Like I wanted to just start grabbing some beers and just drinking with him and yeah, anywhere winners losers any bar in midtown i mean like i would just love to go out and grab a beer which maybe perhaps when this is all over we'll be able to do that because you just sound like a down-to-earth guy and obviously a new father so trying to to cope with everything that's going on there he's telling us a little bit before we jumped on i think he even mentioned it during the interview but uh hanging like a swing for his daughter and he was just like swinging her like outside and that's just so cool and like just uh like how it all comes full circle for you for these artists like so quickly where like one minute they're just writing songs and singing as much as they can and going on tour. And then the next they know, uh, like we've seen with now Taylor and now Ryan Hurd, their fathers. So how is that going mm-hmm. to change their, their careers and, and things moving forward? So really cool to hear his story. And one thing I didn't even mention, I know we were talking a little bit about the Cubs and Chicago sports and, and Milwaukee sport, uh, Wisconsin sports and everything. I wanted to give him a little shout if he's listening right now, but there was a player on the Cubs named Taylor Davis. I wanted to see if that was his alter ego. If he was also a professional <laughs> baseball player at some point in time, he was a catcher for us. So it was pretty, uh, it was a cool guy, great new music, really hope that uh, things kind of continue to take off for him, especially with this new publishing deal that's coming uh, and see where things go. So keep, keep listening to him and uh, hopefully we'll uh, hear more from him in the near future. Yeah, Definitely. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, We're excited for next week's episode. So we'll see you then. Hey, last but not least, before we get there, Chase Rice mentioned that he's doing his new four-song 
uh, EP for the album part two. It's dropping May 15th. Set your calendars. More new songs. Hopefully this one doesn't disappoint you, Troy. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you guys later. Take care, guys. I just want you to come back.